Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of, right here on the Create Clarity with Charity Podcast. Hello and welcome to Create Clarity with Charity. I am so excited today. I have an amazing guest, Lisa Heisha. Did I say that right? Heisha. Heisha. Hey, she is the creator of soulblazing.com. And she has created some amazing opportunities and programs to really stand in your power and claim what is yours in this uh, new age of online e-commerce and and opportunities for nonprofit and women and all kinds of things. She has such an amazing uh, story. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Oh, good. So let's talk about you because today is about your journey and everything that you have been creating and putting together throughout the years, all your soul searching and spiritual work along with the nonprofit. So I wanted to bring you to my audience because I know you have an amazing story and a lot of people will relate to you. Not only that, you also have some awesome opportunities for some webinars, some trainings, your new book, your programs, and we're going to get all into that. So let's start out with how you became this amazing soul blazer. I love that term. It's very heart centered and it is about our souls these days. So let's talk about that. Um, I know that uh, you kind of started your international journey, right? Like when you were pretty young. So you were, tell us a little bit about your, your, your younger adulthood and how you became this international um, soul blazer. Well, it all started with a cake and a gun. Okay. (laughs) When I was 16 years old, I was in my Catholic school uniform, walking home from school and stopped up at a friend's house to bake a cake for a friend, another friend whose birthday was the next day. And that was three houses down from my home. And I got home around 536 when the streetlights were on. And growing up under a Baghdad roof in San Diego, that was not a good thing to do. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to be home directly after school. But my dad worked in his grocery store from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. So he was never home and my mom said it was okay. And that day he happened to come home for a couple of hours in the afternoon. So when I walked through the door, there was a gun pointed at my heart. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And my dad was my hero. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's when traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so the fear was really flaming in you, right? You felt kind no, of like, it wasn't so much fear, fear because I don't, I didn't take it in that way. I just took it like, um, because he was never done anything like that before. And we always had a good relationship. He was strict, but, but I took it as how could he even just do that? And I was like, what are you doing? And my mom's saying, put that away and what's going on. And he's like, send her to an orphanage. She's got to go to an orphanage because she might affect the other girls. I'm one of five. Oh, wow. And then that struck me because I was really a daddy's little girl. And 
I loved and respected him so much. And I kept saying the other is bad. Everyone outside our community was bad or evil or something. So he's just really trying to protect us. That was his thing. It wasn't out of, you know, being crazy or psycho to a certain degree. It was just like a strong statement because he was just having five girls enter high school and he was scared. Right. But at that being time, in the US is not as conservative, right? So it's very conservative, strict, wanted to protect you, just keep you with your own, not mixing with everyone else, the worldly world, right? And yes. Yeah. And he grew up in, you know, Iraq. So he was used to guns and wars and all that stuff. So it wasn't as shocking to him as it is to us, like what a gun. So anyway, it's all in perspective, but at that time it affected me and it changed me completely. It made me be curious who's out there in the world. Who are all these people and who are these people I'm supposed to be afraid of? So that's when I started hitchhiking a lot, sneaking out the window, hitchhiking, and would only get in cars with like Hell's Angels types. And when I get into these cars, I would ask them questions. Who are you? Why does my dad say to fear you? Why do you have long hair? Why do you have tattoos? Why do you have piercings? Why is your car banged up? Why don't you have money? Why did you pick me up? Are you going to hurt me in some way? And all this stuff. And they became my first angels, what I call really my soul family, because none of them hurt me. And I did it about a dozen times or so over a year. And they were all like, it was for me, like going to a confessional. I, I was a priest and they, I was a priest for them. They would share all their journey. And I would share mine from such an honest, authentic place because I felt safe there. First of all, I don't think they're going to judge me based on where they are. And I wasn't judging them because I was curious. And then that, I think, opened me up to becoming a soul blazer. Wow, that you are brave and it takes bravery to do that step out of the box, right? And so that opened up some amazing doors for me by being like that risk taker and really like curious and looking into, you know, introspective views of other people and their lifestyles. And that led you to New York to meet Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to school at San Diego State and Madonna's very first concert of the Virgin Tour, very first concert was at San Diego State. And I went, oh my God, I've got to meet her. And so I was on a mission to find out where they were staying afterwards, what hotel and all that. And I found the name. So I went to the concert, went to the hotel afterwards, and we had to wait about an hour, hour and a half by the time I guess they unloaded, loaded their car and got out of there. But eventually they did. And we snuck in the elevator with them and went up to the room. This is just the band Madonna didn't show. Mm-hmm. And we started talking with them. Then we had to leave shortly because I had to leave by 11. I'm not allowed to stay out past them. But I connected with one of the band members and we kept in touch throughout the tour. He kept saying, come to Utah, come to Florida, come to Tennessee. I'm like, I'm not allowed to spend the night. He's like, you're 22. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. <sighs> so at the end of the tour, when it was in New York for five days at Madison Square Garden, I decided to go and I left a note. Sorry, I'm gone. I'll be back in a few days, whatever, and left. And I got to meet Madonna and I got to ask her, how did you become Madonna? How did you become so fearless? How did you stand in your power? How do you know who you are? And you, you don't care what anyone else says or thinks. And that was really enlightening. And basically, long story short, from several conversations was, She said, if you don't know yourself, you can never grow into yourself. You have to know who you are in order to do that. 
-hmm. You need to travel and travel alone because we're taught, what do you want? What restaurant do you want to eat at? Oh, it's okay. I'll do whatever you want to do, especially being women. So it was all about owning who you are and what you make a choice. You make a decision and don't worry about anyone else. And I think that started my evolution into becoming a soul blazer and blazing my own soul of going, who am I? What do I want? And what is my journey going to look like without trying to please everybody else? I love that. And you harnessed that at such a young age, which really catapulted you all over the world to do some amazing projects and really tap into your soul position in, in this world. Um, so I love that. So you, you then took her advice, right. And you pieced out and wrote your parents a letter and went all around Europe and, you know, right. Is that, did you take her advice and just you know, start well, what I did was I decided to go to Europe and do a backpack trip. And I went there. And of course, day one, we arrive at like 6 p.m. in Frankfurt, Germany. And I was with a girlfriend there and we went out to a club that was recommended to us. And then at around 11 or 12, she said, let's go home because she had an itinerary where she wanted to go to the temple first thing in the morning at six before the lines. And she wanted to see this and this church and that, you know, all the cultural things over there. And I'm like, no, 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 this is my first time away from home. I want to stay out to do whatever it is I want to do, taking Madonna's <laughs> advice. So I stayed there and she left and I stayed there till like four in the morning and closed the place. And the last guy I was dancing with, I'm like, oh my God, she, my friend is gone. And we just had one purse. She had the purse with our, my passport, my money, everything in it. So I'm like, you have to take me home. So he took me home and he was a pilot for Lufthansa and he ended up tracking who drove her home and got her back to his place. And anyway, so it started off like that. Then one thing after another happened because it was like, I'm a, you know, first time traveler, come get me, you know, I'm victim. <laughs> totally vulnerable. Twice. I got this done. That it's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But then I came back a new person saying, wow, I just kind of feel like I went on part of my hero's journey. Now I have to move from San Diego to Los Angeles to start my life. And that's what yeah. I did. Awesome. And when you got there, I mean, I guess Hollywood picked you right up, right? Well, I met a woman on the train going up there who was an agent for like um, five line and unders and extras. And she got me a commercial, which was an extra in the commercial which was going to pay like 50, 60 bucks that day. And they ended up giving me a speaking part and it was for, cause they needed something else in the scene. Oh, we need somebody. Okay. You come up here. And it just happened to be me. And they and it ended up being a national commercial for oh, wow. bank of America. So I made a lot of money, like 25 grand, like right off the bat and then oh, residuals nice. for about two years. So that was really exciting. Cool. And then, and then I started going to the Groundlings, Lee Strasberg Institute and finding my way through. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So you did a lot of actressing and modeling and got into your, your creative that way, right. With your, with the education. And then were you kind of like in the box? And I think you were saying something about that. You, you kind of lost a fire and maybe, you know, things no. started declining or you really, no, 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 that? no, no. Uh, I was thrilled. I was having a great time. It oh, was wonderful. But my upbringing was that um, you had to be conservative and you can't shame the family. So oh, I couldn't do any love scenes. I couldn't do any 
um, nudity or nudity, like which sexy. I didn't really want to do, but I, yeah, but I couldn't really be myself. I felt like uncle Habib, uncle Zawi, uncle Najib and you Riyadh, all these people were watching. And I felt God, if haram, I make haram, one, haram, right? <laughs> yeah. If I make one wrong move, it's really not great for my entire yeah. family. So I thought it, I, it just wasn't freeing for me and it. So I it lost its joy. So I thought, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. And that led me to quit acting because I got a great job with Piers Brosnan. That was going to be a $6 million HBO movie. And I was going to be his wife in it, but oh, I wow. had to be nude while he was sculpting me, but they weren't going to show anything. I was supposed to sit up like this and he's supposed to sculpt me, but still I would, you know, have pasties on, on the set and what it would look like from the camera is that I make it. And that again is not right for my culture. So I said, okay, this is like the, the show that would get me to the next level. I have to quit because this isn't working. I'm fighting so hard for something that authentically I cannot do because of the, you know, conflicts inside. Mm-hmm. So I decided who am I? What am I? And that's when I said, you know what? I need to go to Iraq. I need to find out who I am, meet Saddam Hussein and figure <laughs> all this out from the inside. Yeah. And that was dangerous back then. Like really pretty much like a death wish, right? That was not a safe safe place to be at that time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it it was all over the news that uh, we were invading again. Clinton was in power and they were already bombing there and they hated um, George um, Sr., George Mm -hmm. Bush Mm Sr. And they had a jihad on him. And I decided to go because they said that they were taking people on a, you know, when you fly into Jordan, there's a no fly zone. So there's a bus from Jordan to Iraq, that's 18 hours. And on that bus ride, they said that, you know, Al Qaeda, which they didn't have that word at that time, but they would, you know, kidnap some Americans or steal their stuff. So I thought, oh, maybe I could be Christiane Anapur because that's who I loved at the time. She was a war reporter and she still is. She's still out there doing reporting. And I thought maybe I could get kidnapped, but through my experiences of my hitchhiking and stuff, I thought, oh, this is a great, um, you know, I'll connect to these people. I'll connect to anybody. Mm. So I said, I'll get kidnapped. And then I could write a, <laughs> co-write a book with them. And then I could get it published. Then I could be the next Christian Anapur. <laughs> wow. And yeah. So I went there and I set myself up and I had my fake Louis Vuitton bag and my cubic zirconia <laughs> and I had it all there. So when they came to me, I'd say, Oh, look at this. Oh, here's my diamonds. Oh, here's my Louis Vuitton. Here's my, you know, visa. Uh-huh. And they were all so nice and nobody did anything. And I went to the VIP section to check in. Nothing. They weren't taking the bait, huh? Uh, <laughs> no, and then they I stayed there a month and it was just a really great experience. And I was on the hunt to meet Saddam Hussein or his kids to interview them. But I got to um go to the expatriates dinner and meet Taha Ramadan and Tariq Aziz at the mm-hmm. time. So I got to talk to them and that was really interesting. And that was yeah. like life-changing because that was you know very topical at the time. And you do but have some really amazing footage of that, right? I think you have like your story. Is it on your YouTube? Um, your because I saw video footage of you, I think, in Iraq. Yeah, you could find it if you type in Iraq or something on your on your YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure it's there. Okay, that's it's just really amazing. So any of the audience out there, if you really want to see what she's talking about, she's done some really amazing documentaries um, live in Iraq, um, helping and getting connected with you know orphans and um, 
Yeah. Like the whisper project, right. Is that what mm-hmm. you created while you were there? Well, I, when my dad told me going to, you know, I'm sending you to an orphanage when I was 16, when I went there, um, we're Christian Iraqis. So I went to this town of Tilkef, which is where the Christian Arabs live. And all they had was a school. They had a bunch of caves and you could hit that um, arrow button. This one? Nope. All the way to the end. Yep. Yeah, there it is. The raw truth of Iraq. The green one. Yep. Well, yes. So yeah, I mean, I mean, we could watch this, but I really, I don't know if everyone will be able to hear the message, but it's really fascinating what she did like live with her camera as a journalist getting right in the face of adversity, right? And this is the wrong video though. (laughs) Okay. Something else. Um, This is it. Yes. Yeah. So you guys take time to go to her YouTube, Lisa Hasha um, and Aisha, and she will show you frontline, really frontline um, footage of this bravery that she had of just going to Iraq and finding Saddam Hussein and doing a documentary on the people. And in turn, she got so much love back instead of all the hate and, and, other things that were going on, kidnapping and murderers and things. Instead, she found love, right? It kind of blazed her soul, right? It lit you up, turned you on, and then you kind of got your life path after that. Is that right? I wouldn't say it like that. Um, (laughs) Well, what happened was to continue, I was in this town of Tilkef and I was going my I was with a friend there who was born there and moved from there to Michigan at age four and she wanted to go see her home and my dad happened to live right down the street because that's where all the Chaldeans live and they're all caves that were right next to each other and they sleep on rooftops and stuff so we went and knocked on that door and got a tour of that and then we got to um, go and travel a little bit around this town which is so small it just has like a hospital a church, a school, a little grocery store and an orphanage. And I thought that's the orphanage my dad was thinking about when he was going to, you know, send her to an orphanage, those words. So I went in there and I started talking to the children and I was saying, this one was saying, why are you here? Nobody loves us. The Americans keep bombing us. My father died. My uncle lost his leg, all these different things. I'm like, no, we care. That's politics. And in that journey, after staying with them for a few hours, I said, I'm going to memorialize, memorialize your words. So that's what I set out to do. And I spent the next five years going to 15 countries, interviewing children in orphanages. And that became my new thing. And then I sent the book out to schools and um, hospitals and libraries, whoever would take it. And then they started asking me to come speak. So I started speaking and that's how I became, you know, this international speaker and workshop leader and retreat leader. And it was not planned, but then I started Whispers from Children's Hearts Foundation and started taking people on retreats to Cairo, Bali, Jordan, Tanzania, Vegas. I did ones to refurbish the school, different places, Haiti. And, you know, I would take from 12 to 40 people, depending on what the accommodations could hold. 
And we went there and played Oprah and brought suitcases of medicine and school stuff and knocked on doors and said, what do you need? And um, hired local carpenters and contractors and got the job done. So it was really, truly an amazing life-changing experience. So then I came back here to get a master's in psychology. I already had a BA. And then with that, I just started um, setting up shop to work with more people here. And through my acting experience, I started working on television sets and working with actors and difficult actors on the set and whatever issues people had. And then from there, I just started creating my own stuff. And I went to Chowchilla prison as part of my 3000 hours. And from there, I worked with um, a bully in the prison. My last day, we were hired to be there for four days. And my last day, last client was this really intense woman with a shaved head and a, bla uh, a black tattooed um, snake coiled around her head and down her arm. And she was just <laughs> so mean saying, who are you? Who cares about you? How can you ever relate to my story? We live completely different lives. And by the way, I hate your stupid suitcase or your briefcase. <laughs> your briefcase. I'm like, I hate my briefcase too. I brought it here to impress you. And then uh, she, we connected on that <laughs> level. And then we started talking. And after about 30 minutes, I stopped doing what I normally do. And I did uh, the blazing, what I did when I, well, hitchhiking or did and my travels around the world. And we just connected. Mm -hmm. And she said, you just blazed my soul. And then that's how I got my name soul blazing. I love that. And that yeah. is just like, that's really where everything starts coming into play. So mm -hmm. we're like, what is soul blazing, you know, and what have you created here that is so phenomenal is like really giving women a voice, really giving, um, you know, people a strategy and being their more authentic, true self and really claiming their path in life. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. So everyone out there, soulblazing.com is Lisa's website where she has an amazing set of books, coaching materials, speaking events, media blogs, and all kinds of resources for us. So Lisa, let's talk about your business because now after all that and all that gathering, that foundation, that lovely foundation that you've built of truth and authenticity, and then kind of, um, you know, anthropology in a way studying humans and culture and all different countries and really developing relationships with people that were like totally opposite of you and being able to connect with them is really amazing so let's talk about your programs um you know and I know you, you're a lot into nonprofits and doing things for others I mean that's your mission really is you you're you're a giver and you give out the secrets right to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, um, you know, after going to 70, 80 countries and sharing that, what are the secrets to healing ourselves? Well, if, if we want to talk about maybe the top three, because there's so many secrets, because we're all so unique and such individuals, but the main secret is know yourself and be yourself because everyone else is taken. And the only way you could be yourself is if you take the hero's journey and go out and really go out to discover who you are. Because if you don't do the work, you can't get there through books. I read many books through getting my bachelor's in psychology. Mm -hmm. Information is there, but it's just more heady. You actually have to get it in your body, get it in your cells. And a good way to do that is to write 
also down your declarations of who you declare yourself to be. And I started with 15 of this is who I want to be. I am. And then you make a statement. And once you start saying that every day, and then I recorded it and I listened to it every day. And when you do that, it start, you start to become it. And then you have to go out. You know, I say the five things in the morning to do. So if you have your morning routine and you do something for mind, body, heart, soul, and for yourself. So I'll walk out barefoot in the grass. I will meditate. And all this could take five minutes or it could take an hour, depending on the time you have. So I usually meditate for a few minutes and I'll write down what I'm grateful for. And then I'll set my intention for the day. I'll look at the calendar and say, what's my in intention for the day? And then the intention for this podcast, for the one I just did a couple of hours ago, and you know, I'm writing my next book. So what is the intention for these things? And once you get that straight, your whole day really flows and you have to do something for your body, stretching yoga or something. Sometimes I take five minutes to do all that. And sometimes I take an hour depending on what my schedule is like. But the point is to be there for yourself every day. Because if you say, oh, I'm going to meditate every day and you don't, even one or two days, it's shut, setting yourself up for failure because it's saying, oh, I don't keep my word to myself. Yeah, compromising ourselves. I think that's a lot of things, times we have done that. And then to finally say, hey, I'm worth it. I'm first. I'm going to stand up for myself. And that's, that's amazing. That's what I teach in my programs too, that power hour, that daily power hour, set time yeah. aside for yourself and really dial into what feels good, right? Like yes. you're getting out in nature, getting your feet wet, you know, walking in the grass, you know, being quiet. Sunshine. Yes. Thinking I love universe's that. messages because we're always getting messages from the world. And if we're not available to hear it, they're going to just go by and you're like, God, I don't know what to do. Please help me make a decision. But you don't need other people to help you make a decision if you just truly commit to connecting because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So we are really tapped in and tuned in to get messages of what our journey is supposed to be. We're all born with the seed in us and we're supposed to discover what that seed is and to give it away. Mm -hmm. And every day we have a choice about whether to react or respond to life. And the first step is to become self-aware and aligning our conscious with our unconscious mind. And that's where our imposters live, like right in there. It's anytime we want to do something good for ourselves, our imposters will say, no, no, no. And our imposters were created from our core wounds as a child. It's like, mm -hmm. you're not good enough. You're a fraud. You're too fat. You're too broke. Everyone else is already talking about that. It's an overcrowded field. Who cares about your story? Who cares about that? all that comes in, then you put so much attention on that. And then added to that, you get all the, oh, my parents don't want me to do this. My siblings are this way or that way. My friends are this or that or jealous. And because there's usually a bar of where you can be in your friendship groups and your family group and your other things. I've had a couple of male clients say, oh, I can't get more successful than my father because my father will get upset. Some people want fathers to say, go bigger and better than me, that others are like, I want to keep you down. And so you've got, we've got all these struggles of how do I become me authentically? How do I step into my power? How do I give my gift away? 
And if you keep listening to all the chatter in your head of all these voices around you, of your inner circle and inside you from all your history and your past history DNA, we're taking on our grandparents and our great grandparents DNA of what they struggled with and what their fears were. Like my mom was an overthinker and she had these books inside her and she never got them out because it was never good enough. Let me do another rewrite. I don't know what to say or what part of the story. And when she was dying, she's like, oh, please get my book written for me. Yeah. And my sisters and I put that together for her, but you know, she never got to experience the joy of that. So we yeah. have to at some point say, this isn't good enough. And we have to, we can always write another one or do something, but you have to live each day as if it's your last, what, who do you want to stand for? What do you want your life to be? What do you want your legacy to be? And really start backwards and going, what steps do I need to take to get there? Yeah. Like dropping the self-sabotage and becoming present into who you really are. And that's the authenticity that I love about your program, because it's really key. Like my listeners out there, I mean, we're trying to recreate our best version of ourselves as entrepreneurs, right? We mm -hmm. have these big dreams that nobody supported or no one understands. And so it feels like a lot, a lot of times very defeating because our family and friends aren't supporting us. They want us to fit in the little box, the matriarchy and patriarchy and the matrix of society. And so it's very hard to step into your authenticity. So we have to fake it a lot of times and do things that we don't want to do, get degrees we don't want, get jobs we don't want, you know, and just to appease our family. And so I like that you have a program that actually helps people break out of that and really come to surface and really get raw and real with themselves so they can live their best life. So it can be very uncomfortable, um, you know, to become present in your body when you feel like maybe you were a pawn for a long time or just a human doing and not a human being and being our yes. true, authentic, lovely self. So I love what you got going on here in this amazing new book that you are launching March 8th. So it's almost two weeks out. Everyone's soul blazing is available for pre-order on Amazon on her, um, .com. So tell us about the book and what, what transformations that people can expect after reading it. Well, here it is. It's very exciting on March 8th. You could order it on Amazon. So basically I broke it down. I'll show you the introduction. I broke it down into each chapter. It's who are imposters. Then it's each imposter, the victim, egotist, seductor, joker, fixer, overthinker, and the judge. And it really gets into the superpower and the saboteur of each imposter because Every time someone wants to do something in life, they have that voice in, in the beginning of I'm not okay, or they get imposter syndrome if they actually make it saying, how did I make it? And I hope no one finds out. And I found this to be true with some of the biggest stars that I worked with on TV and that I interviewed. These are some of the most successful people in the world. They're like, but I'm still waiting to be found out. And <laughs> someone's going to kick me out and say, wait, 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 that wasn't supposed to be You're you. exposed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's so yeah. funny to me. It's like, oh my God, after all these years and after all the, um, work you've done this body of work and you're still an imposter but that's how deep it runs so then they find me and they may be rich and successful but they're not happy so I try to help them blend the two so once you get your imposters in alignment with your authentic soul that's where nirvana hits and that's where that's your sweet spot 
Is that the imposter model? Sorry. I want to tell people how they can go get to know their imposter because okay. we all have one. Is that that's on your website, soulblazing.com yes. imposters. And the test, there's a way that we can actually see which one is talking to us. And um, right. Where is that at yes. exactly? What was what? Oh yeah, here it is. So it is, is it is under um, about, right? The imposter model. And then we can all kind of get to know this voice in our head that it continuously tries to self-sabotage us. And if you touch one of the imposters, you could just roll over one, roll, go over the So judge. the victim, yeah. the seducer, the fixer, yeah, the tells judge. Tells a little bit about them, a little soundbite about them. Mm-hmm. Overachiever or the overthinker, the egotist. Yeah. The, yes. So it would be good because, I mean, I think we've all, all of us have to be honest with ourselves. We've all had this voice in our head at all times in life. Probably one of these, we probably experience all these imposters. Yeah. All at different times or you grow out of one and the, another one becomes dominant or depending on what you're doing. And so they're all really valuable. Yeah. Um, and then the authentic soul, let's talk about that. The peacemaker living in the moment believes that sometimes greater than itself, joyful, forgiving. That's how I feel right now. I just want to be joyful and forgiving and just move on because I think a lot of the, like you said, the, the, the healing is in the trauma that we actually face head on. And, and then the imposter goes away, right? Cause this is all from wounding past woundings of these, these beliefs that we have that live inside us that we have to kind of reprogram, right? Yeah, they don't go away. I think they are a part of you, um, just like the DNA of our relatives and ancestors are a part of us. But what you can do is you could acknowledge them, befriend them, see how they're affecting your life. That's the difference between what I do and other people do. You know, usually people talk about the ego or your shadow, but the ego is so big. So this is the ego basically broken down into seven segments. <laughs> so you could say, oh, I use, uh, you know, seducing people to get what I want. Oh, I really judge people and make them feel horrible. So I feel better. That's how I get what I want. I throw people under the bus and use humor to get what I want. Being the joker, I procrastinate. I keep saying, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And so I feel relevant and that I'm loved, but, you know, basically I overthink myself to death and don't get anything done. Mm-hmm. So this cool quiz, what is this imposter quiz that it starts, it, it shows you who the dominant imposter is, who's governing your subconscious mind and yes. beliefs Living about on yourself. The stage of your brain, making decisions for you when you put your foot in the mouth or you sabotage a relationship, you know, or get fired or say something it's it's your imposter fighting back because it doesn't feel seen and heard. And think of your imposter as your wounded inner child from that core wound. And if you start writing one of the exercises I give, that's in actually in the webinar online that you could buy. Oh yeah. Where's um, the webinar again? Let's, let's make sure everyone in the audience can go check out the webinar at soulblazing.com on coaching soulblazing webinar. Yeah. Oh, cool. $97, 10 video series. And then it's 10 um, classes that you get 10 tools and exercises and you get two meditations with that. 
Nice. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of reprogram these imposters, right? Because I think mine have chilled out quite a bit from when I remember when I was in college and owning my restaurants, I was, I was constantly beating up on myself and the imposter was robbing me of all my joy. So, and constantly living in that, trying to prove yourself and, you know, prove everyone wrong and overachieving and nothing's ever enough and all that stuff. But if you do the work, right, like your programs, you can kind of make friends and kind of reevaluate what that imposter is saying to you. Yes, absolutely. It really does help you with your limiting beliefs and it helps you really get in contact with your subconscious of what is the programming that was there when I was born. And then what was added throughout my life, especially in childhood, like my older sister, I'm one of five again. First of all, I came out a twin and my dad was wanting a big, healthy boy. That's what they told him we were. So he already had two girls and he's Middle Eastern. He wanted his boy, two more girls. So it was like, whatever, I'm busy. And then when I was two, my sister, my older sister got into a car accident, was in the hospital for a year. So all the attention went to her. So, I mean, those are core wounds without me even knowing their core wounds, you know, just by energy of feeling things. So you have to go back And when something happens in your life, even if you're reacting strongly to a relationship thing, if you take a pause and write down which imposter and name the imposter, once you give it a name, you could, you know, claim it, then you could heal it. So, you know, Mary, whatever, if whoever gave you that imposter, whatever you think, if it was your mom, oh, I felt abandoned by that. Talk to that imposter and then authentic soul, imposter, authentic soul, and have this dialogue and wait till your authentic soul actually speaks to you and just translate what your authentic soul is saying, because it's, it knows everything. It's all wise. It's the Mm -hmm. sage and your imposters are your little human that is just living in the moment. And I just want to eat that cake because I want it now. And I want to have sex because I want to feel loved in this moment, or I want to just ditch school, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And your authentic soul is a visionary saying, no, 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 no. Remember before you arrived, your life plan is to become this, stay on this road. So they're always fighting with each other. So until you go, okay, let's meld together and let's go on this journey together, holding hands. And I'll accept your dark side. You accept my light side and we can take this journey together. Then you're in the sweet spot and your life will unfold in a way you won't get rich um, and be miserable or then lose all your money or make bad decisions and have everyone take advantage of you and all that kind of stuff. Life Mm -hmm. will just turn out more while you'll meet your dream life partner and you'll, you know, everything just unfolds. I've done this so many times, thousands of people. And when you read their testimonials and hear them, and when you go back 10 years and say, whatever happened to you? And if they followed this program, it changes your life because it changes your thinking. And almost all the other programs teach that, oh, you have to get rid of it. Even you just said that earlier, oh, you get rid of it and then you get to move on. And it's, I don't believe you could get rid of it because it's a part of you. And when you get rid of it, it's almost like saying your wounded inner child isn't worthy. I'm getting rid of that girl. And well, you like, learn to hug her and nurture yes. her. You re- release what no longer serves you. I don't mean get rid of it. Like it's always going to be a part of your life. You can't just erase it, but it's something that you don't have to carry around anymore and continue entertaining. You don't have to carry around the negative aspect. Yeah. You just, you can make that wounded inner child healthy. Yeah. And when you make that 
aspect of you healthy and you've given it love and you acknowledged it, then you could go, okay, now we're on the same path because all that aspect wants is to be seen and heard because it was never seen and heard. And now your adult self is going, now I'm taking over, but your little self is saying, but I never got my chance. So you're going, oh, you get to speak through me and we, we're doing this together. We're mm -hmm. one now. Yeah. And, and we're besties. There's no more neglecting yes, and yes. ignoring and hating and resenting and jealous you know. of that person. Jealous of that. <laughs> Why is this person doing better? Why is that person's career taking off? And what, who cares? Yeah. I want everyone to do well. I couldn't care less. I have no attachment to this. I have no attachment to competing with anyone. I think whoever's meant to hear this message will, who's ever not won't. And I, I don't care. It's whoever yeah. it's meant to help it's going to help and that's exactly. it exactly and the, the right people that need to hear it are the ones that are going to benefit you hear it when you're ready and that's when you have already done this the hard part is actually putting this into a cohesive program because it could take people 10,000 hours 10 years 20 years yes. to figure this out themselves and continue running away from their own selves and not really doing the work so that's what I really love about what you've done here, Lisa. It's such a blessing and it's going to help many people heal. And right now on our planet, you know, we need all the healing we can get because we all have those core wounds, whether anyone wants to admit it or not and live, live their own true authentic calling. You have to embrace the, the contrast. You have to go back and find out, you know, what that is that is blocking you or holding you back from being your truest, best authentic self. And so, um, uh, Lisa's program here will help you do that. So let's go back to making sure people understand what we want them to do. The audience needs to know. So let's talk about that. What do you want them to do on your uh, soulblazing.com site? Well, first thing is maybe take the imposter quiz. So you know who your dominant imposter is. So you would go to the imposter model right there and click on imposter quiz. And that's at the it bottom of the page, everyone, right and the there. hyperlink, take the imposter quiz. Mm -hmm. And then you that will open up that. the gate, right? Yeah, you could click on that. And then that's what they get. And then once you get there, I would take the webinar because now you know who your dominant imposter is. Now learn about them. I'm speaking about each one. And then, then that's under coaching under Soul Blazing webinar for $97. Uh -huh. You get the whole series. It's all recorded and you can... Um, invest in yourself now and get ready to tap into your truest, best, most authentic self, right? Yeah. And you get two meditations, one on your authentic soul, one on your imposters, you get 10 exercises and these 10 videos. And then the next step would be if you click on coaching, just the coaching, just the top one. Yeah. Okay. And if you go down, down join us live oh nice join us live uh-huh oh, that would be the next step and you could click on the video to learn more it but it's basically you're on a zoom call with me we're doing that once a week i've got four going right now i've got one in berlin one in ireland and two in india oh nice yeah and um so how do you register for those you contact us right at contact where it says us. join okay, us mm -hmm. cool and, and then that's a way to get to the next level to just to explore more at a cost-effective price. And then if you want more, there's privates. And then there's, if you go back to the other page, there's privates and there's VIP events. 
click on coaching. Also, oh, all the way your down. branding and your marketing it looks so nice and polished. It really Thank is you. beautiful. People and your mission to help other women really. Yeah, right there. Um, yeah. That's the private coaching. And right above cool. that, if you go right above, right there, I'm going to be doing soul salons with other um, healers and thought leaders like Joe Vitale's and Deepak Chopra's and Love different it. people. And that's going to be a higher end ticket that we're doing it at a beautiful resort. And it's a four or five day experience. Awesome. So there's always so live events deeper and yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I was just back from Tulum from our little event that we had our, our, um, you know, dialing into our best self and claiming, claiming the inner fitness and, you know, getting dialed in for 2022. So I, I recommend everybody really get at least one event on the calendar for the year to where you're going to nurture your soul, tap into what your heart's desire is, what your true passion and your mission is, and really explore um, what makes you happy. Because I know at times like this and COVID and just being business owners and that we forget about how important we are as the CEO or owner of our business. And we're not doing ourselves any courtesy by ignoring what really makes us happy deep down inside. And um, addressing things that maybe we've avoided our whole lives, you know? Um, and once we do look at the contrast, the, the go to the dark, which brings the light. So I think Lisa's programs will help do that. So I, I really love that you're on here today, Lisa. You guys can also check her out on um, Facebook, Lisa's on Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn and connect with her. And um See if you can find out um, what, what program she has or opportunity that can help you evolve. So thank you, Lisa, so much. Are there any last inspiring words or anything that um, the audience must know? Well, I, the main thing I say is be yourself. Everyone else is taken. And <laughs> when you're yourself, you can make shift happen, which is my tagline. Yay. That's all we have. And we can't make shift happen if we're a fragmented self of what everyone else wants us to be. Yay. Yes. Let's make shift happen. You guys yeah. get with Lisa soulblazing.com. Everyone out there stay blessed. Have an amazing day. And once again, Lisa, thanks for being here. Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guests as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of right here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast.